When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Patrick Prince, editor of Goldmine Magazine, and welcome back to the Goldmine Podcast. This episode, our guest will be Niels Lozauer, the famous rock photographer, and you've seen photographs of his. Every band from Led Zeppelin to Guns N' Roses and artists like Joan Jett, and Neil will be dipping his toes into NFT waters as he has an NFT auction for his FU-themed portraits at Julian's Auction House. Now, you could probably guess what FU-themed means, but we'll explain it to you. Now, you could bid on that at julianslive.com up until 516 of this year. We'll be right back after this message. Hey, I'm Ronald Webb, and this is Patrick Prince. And together we host the Goldmine Radio Hour, the show that features the latest issue of Goldmine. The Music Collector's Magazine. Tune in Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on CygnusRadio.com. All right, Neil, thanks thanks for coming on the Goldmine podcast. My Um, pleasure, Pat. Let's let's talk about how you got into this brave new world of NFTs. Um, as a photographer, did you come up with it? Did someone approach you? Uh, actually, uh, my good, well, one of my friends, Matt Nelson, as in Ricky Nelson's kid, called me up one day and we were chatting and he's like, hey, Neil, do you know what NFTs are? And I'm like, no, I have no clue. What? What are they? And Listen, I'm old, I'm old school, so I don't have any Bitcoins and I'm not really into the cryptocurrency market. I still don't really understand that. You know, I'm used to green dollars. I don't know about Bitcoins and all that, but he started to explain it to me. And he said, yeah, and all these people are spending ridiculous amounts of money on these NFTs. And you know, we said, maybe we should do it together. And then I was like, okay, well, you know, give me some more information. Talk to me about it. And then I didn't hear from him for a few months. He was trying to do something with an uh, an image he owned to Jimi Hendrix. And I don't know whatever happened, but he never kept on the ball. And in the meantime, four or five other people approached me because I guess I'm sort of a well-known name in the music 
slash photography field. So I had a few other people contact me, but you know, I'm old. I've had people approach me throughout my lifetime with all these ideas and business ventures and telling me this and telling me that. And as far as I'm concerned, it's, you know, you got to prove yourself to me. I don't want to deal with new people that I don't know. I don't even want to meet new people that I don't know. (laughs) You know, I have my circle of people that I surround myself by that have proven themselves to me over, you know, a long period of time. And that's who I like to deal with. I don't want to deal with people I don't know. So anyway, uh, I have my friend slash businessman slash, I guess, now partner, David Frangioni, who I've known for a while. And he contacted me and David's a successful business person. And I've always liked him and I've seen what he's accomplished in life. And he sort of asked me if I wanted to do any NFTs. And he was someone out of all the people that contacted me, someone that I said, yeah. I respect David and I want to work with him. And we put our heads together and we came up with our first battle plan uh, to sell NFTs where we took 45 images from one of my chronicle books called Fuck You Rock and Roll Portraits. And we picked out 45 images that we thought would appeal to collectors because that's what NFTs are really for, collectors. I mean, anybody can buy as low as our Brent and hang it on their wall in their home. But NFTs, from what I understand, is like collecting baseball cards, sort of. So, you know, maybe at some point there'll be this Lowe's collection of NFTs, but we started off with these 45 images. And David, I guess, is uh, close with Julian's auction house. I guess he knows Darren Julian, the owner of Julian. So, So my first... NFT offering that I've ever done in my lifetime is going to be on Julian's auction, which I believe is the the final date of the auction. There's pre-bidding now and you can go up and see what's available. I believe the site's Julian Julian's Auctions or auction.com. I'm not 100% sure, but it's easy to find because I actually found it this this morning and you can go there, see what's being offered by Zlo's and Julian's and you can bid now or, you know, just like eBay, you can wait till 10 minutes before the item's going up and bid then. And because that's what people seem to do in auctions. So anyway, the, the some of the some of the images are doing really, really well right now, considering the auctions almost a whole month away. So and as you see, I have a big mouth and I can talk a lot. So if you need to butt in and interrupt me, feel free, Pat. Well, that's good with an interviewee. You know, you just you're answering all the questions. Um, so, you know, I get approached by collectors, and they're still somewhat on the fence. Have you spoken to people yourself that are like, I don't know about this NFT thing. I'd rather have a physical, tangible copy. Have you have you gotten that? Well, even what you just said is sort of in my mind. It's like. You can buy as Lowe's hour print and hanging, uh, hang it on your wall in your living room. So do you need an NFT? But, you know, I'm an old man now. You know, the new kids like my son, who's 25, they have a whole different mentality. And I guess it's sort of cool and sort of underground and sort of hep and sort of unique. 
to have an NFT. You know, it, it's 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 something a little different than maybe the most you know younger audiences. You know, uh, buying a Lowe's hour print and hanging it on their wall. That's old school. Like, we don't want that. You know, that's my grandma and grandpa had photos hanging on. They want something where I guess, and I don't really even understand what you do with the NFTs, but I guess they want it when their friends come over. It's like they open up this little mysterious box and go, hey, look at my, I don't know what the, the NFT term is, but my collection of these unique little images you know i'm a, a slows hour fanatic so i got 30 of his nfts and you know one day when he kicks the bucket these things are going to be worth a lot of money you know so well you also get don't you narrate something personally about the image well the nfts i'm offering with julian's auctions is i'm also offering an 11 by 14 print of that image and my 11 by 14 prints, those sell for $400 on sunset at my galleries. Yeah, so, yeah. so you're getting a right away. If you buy an NFT and you know, they have a fairly, the reserves pretty moderate. I mean, I know a lot of rock and roll photographers and some of them ask outrageous money for their prints. I don't get it. Mm. I try to price my prints so that the normal Joe Schmo can afford it. If he wants one of my images, I don't want to price it like, oh yeah, I'm Niels Lozauer and I'm the greatest photographer that ever lived and my images sell for this much money. So if you can't afford it, go you know, drop dead because I don't care. You know, if someone wants one of my images, you know, I try to make it accessible so the everyday person can afford it. I don't try to price my prints out of the ballpark so you got to be a billionaire to be able to afford it you know let's, so let's face it a lot of the rock and roll people are not billionaires they're everyday got people and those yeah, are going to be most of your a lot of your fans yeah they got families they got children they got rent to pay car insurance gasoline out here in california is ridiculous you know so you know buying a printed $200 for an eight by 10 or $400 for 11 by 14 or $900 for a 16 by 20, which is the prices I charge. Some photographers charge twice the amount for the exact same size. That's not a necessity in life. That's a luxury. Okay. Yeah. Buying an NFT of mine is not a necessity of life. It's, you know, hopefully going to be a collectible item that you can appreciate. Plus, you get the $400 print with it. And, you know, there's the slows narration, you know, a little 10 second, you know, interview with me on when I shot the photo and what it's about and who it is and blah, blah, blah. So like I told you earlier, I have a big mouth. I can talk and talk. There's, you know, 10, 15 second narration with each NFT. So it's a little unique. You aren't just getting some nft you're getting a print and you're getting as lows hour narration and my voice not some little sexy girl talking you know what i told him to say you're getting me myself and i describing the nft right and they're doing nfts and all sorts of things now memorabilia vinyl records um lots of different things i guess yeah yeah it's some they start out with the the NFT would be a COA, right? So you buy this piece of memorabilia and instead of getting this paper, which could be counterfeited, 
you would think you'd get an nft coa which you can't counterfeit so that that was sort of like one angle and then it took off from there where you get all these extras and now there's a picture of the memorabilia you're buying um there's all sorts of uh different ways of buying nfts now and as a music collecting magazine it's just starting to um take interest with collectors obviously not just the billionaires right so we'll see if it takes off you know right now it's in its infancy um like anything else you know who thought twitter would take off right when I first was told about Twitter, I was like, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. Right. <laughs> that's what I said about the band Kiss when the first time I saw him. I go, is this a joke? I go, these guys are gonna be left out of the music industry within a month. And that was in 74. And here they are, like, you know, 10 million years later, still rocking and rolling, one of the biggest bands ever. I guess I was wrong with them because. I've called a lot of big acts in my days, you know, being a photographer, you got to work with the acts when they're small. So when they get big, you get big with them. But, you know, I called, you know, Guns N' Roses, Van Halen, Motley, Poison, Rat, you name it, you know, Ted Nugent, Aerosmith. And I started working with those bands in their infant stage. So as they got bigger, Zlozauer got bigger with them. So you started with possibly the biggest band of them all, Zeppelin, right? Well, no, that was really Neil Preston. Well, actually, no, sorry. I saw Led Zeppelin in 1970 at the Forum, and I was a kid in the audience, and I had a little piece of shit camera, you know, but I shot them in 73. I think I had the cover of Cream Magazine in 73 of Jimmy Page, and, you know, I shot them in 75, and shot them in 77. I mean, the 75 tour. I've seen your, I love your Zeppelin prints. And as you know, it's more than just a camera. It's you, the photographer himself or herself, they have to have an eye for it, you know? Right. So the composition is everything. Um, I see people take photographs with, well, we're talking about the iPhone. Um, They don't have any idea about composition or when to take the shot or lighting or any of that stuff. So I've seen your, I love your early shots. Um, Appreciate that. Thank you. How now with the FU theme, how did you get, was it easy? I would imagine for rock and rollers, uh, it's easy to get them to flip you to bird, right? After a full day of shooting. (laughs) Well, Well, here are two things. So let me set the record straight. First of all, None of the images of these people flipping me the finger because I said, oh, uh, Slash, can you do me a favor and flip me the finger? Or, hey, Lemmy, you know, long live Lemmy. You know, I never said, Lemmy, can you please flip me the finger so I could get a photo of you flipping me the finger or Joan Jett or Ozzy? It's just, I told you before, I got a big mouth. Okay, some photographers, when they're shooting, it just click, 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 click. There's no interaction between the subject and the photographer because either they're too timid or they're too shy or they just don't know. I, one of the reasons I've been successful for the last 50 years is because once again, I have a big mouth and I try to get some type of personality and draw something out of the artist that I'm shooting that no one else can do. So if I'm shooting, you know, say 
kiss. And it's like, come on, you guys, give me some fucking attitude. You guys are rock stars. You got five sold out shows at the forum. You just, your record went 20 million, you know, record sales. Give me some attitude. And, you know, so I'm constantly throughout the shoot yelling and screaming at him. It's not, oh, excuse me, Gene, can you do this? Or, uh, <laughs> or hey, Tommy Thayer, can you hold your guitar like this? I'm like, come on, give me some fucking attitude. And then finally, they don't know what to do. So they're just like, ah, fuck you, Lowe's, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, all the images in my book, other than the live images, because there's one of uh, Billy Joe from uh, Green Day and I mean, there's a shot of Steven Tyler in front of 18,000 people and he's looking right at me. And I guess, you know, during the show and he just bent over like, fuck you, you know, so what do you call it? So, so none of those people, I asked them to do that. That was all on their own. And, you know, I have a friend of mine, he shoots motorcycle photos as people drive by him or I ride bikes on the weekend. And a lot of times I've been hanging with him and people would drive by you know, on their bikes, and as he's shooting their photo, because he would try to sell it to them later, they'd flip him the finger, and he gets so upset, and he gets so mad, and it's like he was going to have a nervous breakdown, and I'm like, John, John, take it easy, relax, I go, I made a living, I have a book with people, I've made thousands and thousands of dollars shooting images of people flipping me the finger, they aren't trying to say, fuck you, they're basically doing it as a friendly jester, like they like what you're doing, but he took it the wrong way, but you would have to know John, he's his own worst enemy anyway, so. <laughs> uh, so. Well, there must have been some bands that, you know, would never do it, right? Um, especially of the, the British bands, some, they may be rock stars, but sometimes underneath they're uh, English gentlemen, right? <laughs> yeah, some of them, but. I forgot there was a band and I forgot who it was. And they saw it said one thing. Yeah. We, we've never flipped the finger to any photographers or anything that that was just in there. Okay. These are the 10 things we're going to do throughout, throughout our, you know, rock and roll career. One is never flip the finger to anybody. I forgot who it was. Cause it was a band that you would think would be flipping the finger, but were they, they British? I can't remember, but Lemmy's British and I have tons of photos. <laughs> Well, Lemmy never gave a shit. So. Yeah, well, Lemmy was a classic. I mean, you know, he was in probably the epitome of all the heavy, not even heavy metal. I don't even know what you'd call them. Thrash, just loud. I mean, every time I saw Motorhead at a gig and I'd come home that night and put my head on the pillow, my ears would be ringing for days and days. It was so loud, you know, but... You know, Lemmy was a classic. Actually, his NFT in the pre-bidding is probably doing about second best. I think the highest NFT so far is Joan Jett that mm -hmm. I shot when she was in the Runaways. We had to do a photo shoot around Hollywood, and we went to the Groman's Chinese Theater, and there's a sign that says, like, 24-hour surveillance, on-camera surveillance, and she was like... You know, and you got the sign right be behind her. It's a classic. I was just gonna say, I think that's your best fu shot right there at the. Journey. That's a good one. There, there's, there's some other ones. I mean, in my book, there's probably about two or two hundred fifty images. We just took forty five of the, you know, classic ones that we thought would appeal to different people the best, and 
you know, there's one of Rob Halford with Glenn and KK on the other side, and they're all doing their thing like that. And Glenn's just like, fuck you, Slavs, you know. And, you know, Rob, Rob's a great guy. So, uh, well, it seems uh, like you were from the get go, you were kind of guy, your personality that was never intimidated by celebrities. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I could deal with any human being on this planet and, you know, uh, deal with them. You could introduce me to anybody. I mean, I just, you know, I treat I treat everybody, no matter who, whether it's Gene or Paul or David Lee Roth or John Bonjo, whoever, I treat them like I'm talking to you, you yeah, know, and yeah. I think they appreciate that because, they do. you know, for instance, you know, all these rockers have these yes people hanging around them. Oh, yes, yes. And you look great. <laughs> David Lee Roth was doing this five day video shoot at his house one day. It was called Mojo Gogo. And it was a multi million dollar production. And he had tons of makeup artists and stylists, and there were models and extras and everything. And all the makeup artists and the clothing people would be like, oh, Dave, you look great. And Dave, your hair is great. And oh, Dave, your makeup looks great. And, you know, oh, your shoes and everything. Oh, you look fantastic. And then he'd go like this. He'd turn around and look at me. Hey, Neil, how do I look? Because he wanted the true answer. He didn't want to hear all these people sort of jerking him. He yeah. wanted, he knew that I would tell him if there was a problem, I would tell him. So if someone's in my studio and they're posing where they have double chins or they look fat or, you know, they got bags under their eyes. I mean, you know, I would be the one to tell them. And, and they appreciate it more. They may be a little insulted at first, but then they realize, hey, Lowe's is telling me this because he wants me to pose better so we get better photos. You know, a, a lot of critics that review concerts or records or whatever, they're sort of frustrated mus uh, musicians. And they could go to a concert and they want to be that person on stage and they see all the girls swooning for that person and all the people, yeah, yeah. But me, you know, so they feel sort of a little alienated because that's what they want to do. So they're jealous and there's animosity. Me, throughout my career, my job was to make my subjects look as good as possible. Right. That's it. You know, I'm no prima donna photographer. You know, uh, I... I just, you know, some photographers, a band will come in. Okay, this is what we're going to do. And I want you to do this. And I want you to do that. The photographer thinks it's his photo shoot and he's going to do what he wants to do. Anytime a band came into my studio, the first thing I said is, listen, guys, what do you guys want to do? What kind of lighting do you want? You know, what kind of attitude do you want? It's not what I want. It's what the band wants. I want to make the band happy. And I think they listen to you because you present yourself as one of the guys. I know that in doing interviews uh, over the years, the same goes for that. You know, that you talk, I talk to them like someone, if I'm at a bar with them, you know, um, I, I respect them for their art, but I don't know them as human beings. So I can't, I'm not going to feel intimidated by them. Right. right. Um, but there are times when you get the, the jerks, Right. <laughs> have you have you ever had blowback or difficult with uh, um, any? I mean, I'm sure you have. Well, look, it, like I told you again for the fifth time, I got a big mouth, so people don't <laughs> really want to butt heads with me because I I don't know if you know there's a documentary this uh, Austrian filmmaker did, Declan Mains and his wife Beata, and my documentary. 
is called In Your Face. The Niels Lozauer story. It's on YouTube. You can watch it for free. It's an hour and a half. And we got Vi and Slash and Satriani and Zach Wild and Chad Smith and Henry Rollins and Carmine Apathy and Paul Stan, you name it, Frankie Bello, all, you know, uh, Mike Starr from Steel Panther. And like I said earlier, they're all ragging and bagging on me and how it is working with me and stuff like that. But uh, let's just say I don't alienate easy. So if someone's going to give me shit, boy, they're picking on the wrong person to give shit to because I'm going to double it back in their face. Okay. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about that. Yeah. Well, what's, was there any, uh, was there a hardest or weirdest thing that you've asked a subject to do? Um, I know that Ozzy is pretty receptive to doing weird things. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Uh, well, weird thing. You know what? I would have to clear the spider webs in my brain to actually think about that. But I don't think I've ever asked anybody to do anything too weird. I mean, one series of photos I did for my friend Terry West. He's the he was the art director at Pearl Drums. Now he's the president of Pearl Drums uh, USA. But he had this idea, and he's probably one of the greatest art directors I ever worked with. But he had this idea where we were going to get this four foot by or five foot by five foot piece of tempered glass. And we were going to put it on sawhorses, and we were going to have all the people I was shooting be on top, standing on this tempered glass. And I was underneath it looking up. So you would actually see the bottom of their shoes and everything and i had a couple sort of guys i had to shoot that were about maybe 250 300 pounds and i was underneath them and i'm like i hope this tempered glass does not break so it it was a great series of photos we did a lot of big it was all drummers chad smith and dennis chambers and i forgot i think we did eric singer from kiss and i don't think he was in kiss yet maybe he was you had to think of those ideas because it was before a lot of this before the before photoshop right before the filter oh, yeah. you know when i honed my craft and you know you know fine-tuned everything there was no photoshop back then like you couldn't take a hit from this you know, frame and put it on the body on this frame. You know, that's why nowadays I'll, I'll see people shooting and like, let's say here's Zach Wild and someone's doing a fo- photo shoot and they're outdoors and, you know, about a block away, there's a huge tree coming out because it's a block away coming out of the middle of his head. I'm like, hey, Joe, don't you see that tree coming out of the top of Zach's head? He's like, oh, Neil, we don't have to worry about that now. We'll just fix that later in Photoshop and we'll get rid of it. It's like, you know, I've always had, you know, attention to detail. So, you know, I see things no other human beings see, I like to say, which has come in handy in many faucets of my life because, you know, I restore cars and motorcycles and, you know, I'm just so into that fine, minute detail <laughs> that I see things other people just don't see, period, you know. Well, a few more questions. It seems like there are certain let's like the Joan Jet photo. There are certain um, subjects that really worked well with you, and it seemed okay. She was in the Runaways at the time, but in that photo, she just seemed to be so. You, it's almost like uh, I've 
I feel like it's a friend um, that you shot. That's that's how uh, it feels to me. Well, that's because just like with you, you know, I just treat you like anybody else. I mean, Joan, you got to remember that photo was probably 1976 or 77. Right. I was only shooting photos for eight years. So, you know, I still wasn't, you know, I was still sort of new to photography. Hmm. And in 77, 54, 64, 74, I was 23 years old. Joan was probably 19, 18, 19, 20. So we were just young fucking punk kids, you know, back then. You know, we weren't, you know, she wasn't a big rock star. The Runaways never really gained any major great notoriety success. It really wasn't until Joan went on later, you know, to do I Love Rock and Roll that she just, I mean, that song, you being a record person, know that that's what exploded. The only runaway song I think that ever really did anything of notoriety was Cherry Bombs, which I love that song. It's great, you know, so, so, but yeah, it's funny. I remember that day we were driving in my mother's car because I didn't have my own car, 23 years old. It was a 65 Chrysler 300. And we stopped at a jack-in-the-box to get some food. And we drove through and I shut the engine off <coughs> at the window waiting for our food. And then they gave us our food. I went to start the car. I couldn't get the car started. We had to, me and Joan had to push the car out of the drive through at jack-in-the-box that day. I still remember it like it was yesterday. That's a great great story <laughs> the funny thing is i haven't worked with joan basically since i did those photos i don't think i've shot her once after 77 78 you know that was the last time i ever worked with her wow well one more question um i think all collectors are especially photo collectors are going to see this fu theme and love it is there another theme that you have in mind? What's next for you? Well, I have a few things. Actually, I'm working with someone else besides David. His name is Mike Bundley. He's an NFT genius. He's done a few, as they call them, NFT drops is the magic word for NFTs and you know, made millions of dollars. So we're planning... I'm planning one with him. I don't want to say anything, but I also have one right now. I started a company about 15 years ago with the art director who did all my books. And we had this idea to make these insane Buddhist renditions. And, you know, I was born Jewish, but in my older age in 2003, I got involved with Buddhism and that sort of probably the best thing that ever happened in my life honestly and i'm not religious and that's why i like buddhism but we came up with this thing and we created these insane buddha images and we were offering them on wood and plexiglass and canvas and and i forgot what else and they never took off like we thought they were expensive real expensive and you could go to you know what bed bath and beyond and get buddha images for 30 dollars so so actually, me and Mike Bundley are doing a Buddha drop on OpenSea, which is the big, you know, NFT site. So we're doing that any day now. But I have a couple other rock and roll ones planned. I don't want to spill my guts yet right. because I like to concentrate on one drop at a time. So we're working on the, the Julian's auction NFT, which I think is great. I mean... You know, there's some great images there. I don't know. Once again, I think it's Julian's auctions 
nfts.com people can go there they can look at the nfts that are going to go through the auction block on may 16th i believe yeah. it is but yeah as low as our uh, as long as i'm still alive i tell people i'm retired because i'm old but i come to the office every day i license photos i sell prints you know blah 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 so as, as long as i'm still breathing i'm still gonna be productive with my artwork and Finally, one day when I kick the bucket, hopefully my kid will take over and be able to offer all the images I've shot throughout my career and offer to people who still likes Lowe's Hour prints. Well, we've already plugged Julian's. Let's plug your gallery too. Uh, where can listeners go? People who read Goldmine, where can they go if they want a tangible print? Well, if you want to see some prints, you can always go to www.zloz.com. That's my personal website. So there's a, along the top, there's a little, you know, uh, you know what they call it, map, where you can go to album covers and see album covers I did and magazine covers. I think I was telling you earlier, I have over 800 magazine covers worldwide that I've shot throughout my career there's you know advertising for fender guitars gibson guitars pearl drums vader drums for that the esp guitars you know there's song books i've done for artists and then there's a print section and there's everything from acdc allman brothers led zeppelin van halen motley crew motorhead fleetwood mac you name it prince there's a lot of stuff on Zlows.com. So if anybody's you have a brick and mortar gallery, you said? A what? A gallery, like a brick and mortar store where you well, can yeah, the... it's it's just a tab on the top that says prints, and that's where I offer prints. Okay. But I mean, I have various galleries throughout the world that sell my prints, but I'd rather have you come to Zlows.com because that way I get a hundred percent of the you know, the money if you buy it. If you go to a gallery, they have 50%. But, you know, on Sunset, Mr. Music Head sells my photos. And yeah. Rock Paper Photos sells my photos. Orson Hotel? To do, use no, that I'm not a big fan of theirs. Let's just be nice and I'll leave it at okay. that. So I do not deal with them. I do not like them. I do not respect them. So. Well, one last note, Cream Magazine is back. So maybe you want to come out of retirement, huh? You mean back for the 50, 50th time? Yeah, you know. Go I don't know when you see it. Yeah, you know, listen, I'm a big fan of printed magazines. I don't like reading my motorcycle magazines on a digital screen. When I'm taking care of business in the bathroom, I want to sit there with a physical magazine that I can hold in my hand and flip pages through and look at the photos. I don't want to be on an iPad or on my iPhone reading something. So well, can I send you I, some gold mines? I'd love to get some gold mines. I, I'm a big listen. I still have all my vinyl from when I was younger and I was a kid. And right to the right of me is my turntable that I bought in 72, which I haven't used in about 40 years. It's a empire troubadour turntable i don't know if you know what that is but back in 1972 it was 350 dollars back then i'll probably never use it again because i i have a big cd collection i just listen to itunes shuffle all day long and it's so convenient 
I don't have time to lift needles and put it on vinyl and deal with scratches and clicks and ticks and that. But I am a, I still listen to music from the second I get up and I'm in the bathroom brushing my teeth, taking a shower. Right now, I'd be having music on if I wasn't doing this interview. As soon as you're done, I'll put the music back. But in my car, I got to say one thing. You know you're getting old when you listen to AM news in your car. <laughs> so I'm listening in my car when I'm driving around. I don't listen to music. What's Neil's Lowe's Hour listening to now? What's the music? Music? What did I listen to this morning? Uh, Is it your subjects, Motley Crue and... <laughs> You know, believe it or not, I mean, I remember yesterday, I think it was Blackstone Cherry I was listening to. Today, I was listening to the best of Delaney and Bonnie Bramlett. Uh, I listen to a lot of gospel music. I love the Chambers Brothers, you know. I mean, I listen to stuff you wouldn't think Lowe's listens to, Uh Love Blackstone Cherry, which is to me a new band, even though they've probably been around for 15 years. My probably favorite newer band is Rival Sons. I mean, I think oh, they're, they're just, great. They're, they're just great. out of control. I mean, you know, uh, Scott, the guitarist, is a friend of mine. He's probably my favorite guitarist at the moment, as far as a feeling guitarist goes. I mean, he just, he's amazing. And the singer, you know, he's incredible in that band. The whole band's phenomenal, Rival Sons. But I listen to, you know, old stuff. Believe it or not, I listen to Black Oak, Arkansas. And I listened to a lot of Allman Brothers. Yesterday I was listening to, I think, Deep Purple in Rock in the Morning. That's a good way to get started with Speed King and Child in Time and a blood sucker. That's sort of what I, you know, Nick, I think they wrote that song about my ex-wife, blood sucker, but what do you call it? So, so I listened to a lot of old classic rock cactus. I love the band cactus, rusty day on vocals, Carmine drums, you know, Tim Boger bass, you know, Jim McCarty on guitar. So I listened to a lot of stuff. I listened to cool in the gang, love Graham central station, sly stone. A lot of black music I loved, you know, but a lot of gospel in my old age. Nina Simone, you know, a lot of stuff like that. Pop Staples, I don't know if you even know who that is. Yeah, of course. So a lot of stuff like that I listen Very to. eclectic taste. Yeah, before, today I was listening to a double CD of The Animals. It's a, yeah. you know, a compilation. It's a, they love The Animals, Eric Burden, fantastic. You know, so a lot of stuff like that. I got wide taste going. Not a big hip hop rap guy, to be honest with you. Love Jerry Lee Lewis. You don't get any better than Jerry Lee Lewis. Love the guy. You know, so more people should listen to the uh, older rock and roll. They find uh, a lot of gems. I think so. You know, yeah. there's not much new stuff I listen to. Put it that way. Thanks so much, Neil. Have a all good right. day, man, and all the best with the auction. All right, you got it. Thanks for having me on your show, Pat. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, Neil. Thank you for coming on the Goldmine Podcast. And everyone, don't forget to bid by going to julianslive.com. Neil explained the NFT auction to you. If you're trying to get your head around the NFT philosophy, 
of collecting, but Neil's photographs are well worth it. And of course, this is the FU theme here. <laughs> and of course you have till 516 to bid. This is Pat Prince signing off, editor of Goldmine Magazine. Don't forget to go to goldminemag.com for exclusive content. Pick up the issue at newsstands, select Barnes & Noble and Books A Million Stores. And also go to shop.goldminemag.com for unique vinyl and record collecting supplies and collectibles. So we'll see you next time on the Goldmine Podcast. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.